0: presence is where we want to be, Lord God. A closer unity with you, Lord God, in our rising and in our sleeping, Lord. No separation, Lord. In loss and victory, Lord, we give you praise. We give you all praise, Lord, and glory in your precious name, Lord open our hearts and our minds Lord prepare us Lord to hear your word today let it go deep Lord let it be life-changing Lord speak your truth
1: truth
2: truth is a strong strong word years ago I had a, uh, a vision and Matter of fact, I was 33 years old. I remember it very well because I was searching for answers and I was trying different religions, not out there Eastern religions and stuff like that. Just, you know, I knew who Jesus was and that's who I was seeking. And I was going and I was at work and I had a vision of a man standing in front of me in a white robe, white beard, white long hair, and he had his arms stretched out across, you know, not not crossed, you know, or towards me, just like so. And he all he said was truth. And I'm like, "Truth?" He says, "You can always speak the truth." So as you walk through life, speaking truth I'm not saying the little bitty lie here and there or whatever it comes around to bite you but when you speak the truth no matter how it hurts the other person or even yourself for hearing it you know it's true and that's 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 in the heart so remember you know, speak the truth it, it you'll get by a lot easier with that than you would feeding what people want to hear
0: and Noel told me it's word this morning truth and I was in the shower and I thought how does that fit with what you've given me and there's been many distractions um, many things uh, that have been of concern in our in my life and we've been going through some stuff. We've been warfaring for my niece, who successfully delivered a baby a month early yesterday. Little Ruby. And the doctor said she's perfect. There's nothing wrong with her lungs. or I mean, she's just itty-bitty, five pounds, eight ounces. Bigger than what we anticipated. But anyway, lots of distractions. The world knocking at the door. Um, what do you do with that? Um, I forgot my phone today, and they had some notes, and so it's just like God. I don't want you to look at your notes. (laughs) But there's this gal, Lindsay, who spoke a word of truth a couple of weeks ago about intimacy with God, that God wants intimacy. And she happened to say, I feel so lonely when she was gathering her thoughts and she was praying, I feel so lonely and the Lord said, I miss you too. And she's like, what? What did you say I miss you too? What? And he said, you compartmentalize your life. And he said, I wanna be in all of it because my word says I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I'm with you always. And so it's like, I, wanna, I want you to, s- where are you, Lord? Because you're here. He's here right now. He's here when I'm putting on my makeup. And as Lindsay said, I gave you the artistic ability to put on your makeup. I'd love you to hear, well, what do you think, Lord? What do you want me to do? Well, try that. You know whatever but in all ways he said I'm sitting on your bed I'm with you everywhere you are what's that scripture that says if you make your your bed in hell I'm there wherever you are I am and so speaking truth I was thinking about the distractions and the many things that come against us as Christian people and how to walk out this intimacy with God And it's speaking truth to the lies when they come. It's looking for Jesus in everything. It's not despairing, finding truth. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Yeah. So the worship or the ministry team, is there anyone that has a word today? Come on up. I knew you did, Dave.
3: (laughs) It's like I looked right at you. How how can I not? (laughs) Well, since healing and truth are kind of the subject, I want to speak to two lies that the enemy has brought into the church that a lot of people actually believe. The first lie is, God made me sick to teach me something. That... I've even heard it preached from the pulpit, and it is just an absolute lie. If you look at the Word, what the Word says, it's His kindness that brings us to repentance. It's not His bringing us sickness. So know that if you're sick, God did not put that on you. What sickness has taught me is I hate being sick, and I hate the enemy for bringing sickness and disease into the world. Um, The other lie is... uh, I've got, I'm sick because I'm suffering with Christ, and that's, that's just another lie. Christ didn't take a bad beating that, you know, we're going to be suffering like that. You know, he brought his healing, and he brought his truth, and that's the Lord wants to heal us. As my wife likes to say, sickness and disease are like bad dogs. If you look out your window and you see the neighbor dogs in your yard tearing stuff up, you don't just go, ah, you know, I'll just, I'll just let them go. Now, what's the first thing you do? You go running out that door, you're yelling at them, and you're looking for the first thing that can get in your hand to throw at them. That's what I do anyway. So, from now on, treat disease like bad dogs. Yell at it. Tell it to get out of here. Because it is not welcome in our lives.
4: Well, another lie that the enemy has just perpetrated to no end. I taught a class a couple weeks ago for Tacoma Public Schools staff. And I taught it on moving from conflict to cooperation. And the truth of the matter is most of us just hate conflict. And we just put it right there with illness and we just say, or the mad dogs, and we say, well, let's just pretend it's not there. Because, gee, if I confronted you, Lancer or Julia, you know, I might hurt your feelings. When the truth of the matter is, I honor you if I bring you the truth in love. I honor you. You honor me when you bring me the truth in love. So when the enemy comes at you and says, no, don't go to that person, the only thing I have to say is check your heart motive. And when you have that green light, you go and honor not only them, but him. Because all of us need to go and grow to be more like him.
1: good stuff yeah bad dog go get out of my chest right now I've been fighting this dog for a few days now but it's not going to hold me back and just to go along with what Dave was saying you know I love the saying that Jesus did not send cancer to teach you a lesson God did not send cancer to teach you a lesson he sent Jesus to teach cancer a lesson You know, in the Old Testament, you touched the leper and you got leprosy. In the New Testament, we touch the leper and they get healed. So that's good stuff. That's all good. Speak the truth. Intimacy. I better pull out some notes. You want to add something? Just had a a few things during worship. I'm just going to read, for the sake of time, I'm just going to read some stuff. So. As you guys know, during worship, I, I'll get some, just some downloads that I feel might be um, encouraging or beneficial. So, grace could not hold him down. <clears throat> he has conquered the grave, and he has come in pursuit of you. Jesus is in hot pursuit of you, Sarah. He is in hot pursuit of you, Sheryl and Dale. Fitzhughes, all of y'all, he is on. The hound of heaven is after you. He is jealous for you. There's, you know, we freak out with that that name, that word jealous, because it wasn't jealousy as sin. One of the names of God in the Old Testament is Kwana, which means jealous. He is fiercely, with a fiery love, jealous for you. He loves you so passionately, and he wants you to be his very own. So anyway, he's come in pursuit of you, He has come to conquer your heart and to take it as his throne. Jesus is a conquering king, and he comes to conquer, and he wants your heart. He wants the very center, the core of who you are. He wants to conquer it, and he's going to take your heart, the center of your being, and make it his very throne where he wants to rule and reign. He's come to establish his kingdom Within you his rule and reign is his kingdom. The kingdom is the king's domain the king's dominion He wants to establish his domain his dominion within you and work its way out He's a good king So that's not a scary thing to think about the king of the universe wants to come and, and make my body a habitation for himself I mean I during worship. I was actually feeling a bit trembly but broken And overwhelmed. I don't usually cry during worship, but it was just singing about his love was really messing me up this morning. But it's not just gushy, squishy marshmallow love, it's holy, holy, righteous love. And he just wants to, just like, rebar in your body. He wants to reinforce you with his holiness and his righteousness. There's no striving in his love. We don't have to strive to earn his love, to earn his favor, to earn a relationship with him. He paid it all. He paid the highest price to win you and to win me, to make us his very own. But he's a good king. He's a good God. He's the king of peace, the king of righteousness. So I'm just going to declare who he is over each one of us. He is your king of peace. He is your king of righteousness. That means where anything is upside down and broken and wrong, he is going to turn it right side up and make it right. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of love. He lacks no love because God is love and he wants to flood you to the core with who he is. He's the king of angel armies. The Lord of hosts is his name. King of angel armies. They're not just sitting in heaven waiting for us to get there someday. They're ready to assist us right here and now. Hebrews tells us that aren't angels ministering spirits sent to minister to those who inherit salvation? We've got reinforcements on our side. He's ready to wrap you up completely in his new creation identity for you. That messes me up just talking about that, man. Quit looking backwards at your mistakes and your failures and don't identify yourself. I would say the Lord would agree with my words, I hope. You don't identify yourself, son and daughter of the Most High God, kings and priests. You forgot that this morning, Dave. Sorry. Shame. No, No shame. He would say, good morning, kings and priests. He does not call you by your mistakes and your failures and your sins and your bad habits. He calls you by the identity of the new creation. Behold, the old is gone, the new has come. Everything is new in Christ. You are wrapped up in Jesus. We showed some pictures of Tony Stark, Iron Man, last week. Not only do you have that, that presence of god indwelling in your spirit in your heart just like tony stark has that thing in his chest but you are also wrapped up in a suit of jesus a suit of armor a armor of light you're wrapped up in the righteousness of jesus you can't go wrong you can make mistakes but then you just get right back up and walk in who he says you are he says boy girl daughter son man woman get up that's not who you are this is who you are fix your eyes on Jesus cast off all sin and, and chain and every entanglement that can get around your feet and walk and run the race that I've marked out for you and he desires intimacy with you that was yeah I mean God is speaking this morning He wants you to know the truth because the truth will set you free. He wants intimacy with you. He wants you to learn how to take authority over the junk and not partner with the things the devil throws at you. And worse than that, credit God for the junk that the devil throws at you because that's what saying sickness is when you're saying it's from God. God gave it to me. That would be wrong of God to send sickness if Jesus suffered for our sickness. Anyway, no barriers. He desires intimacy with us. He has torn down the veil. The curtain has been ripped into. You and I, every one of us in this room, has fresh and free access to come running boldly into his presence. And he will never leave you alone. He will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. He is on your tail. He is on pursuit of you, and he doesn't get tired. I wish we could just get a glimpse of him, you know, just jumping out. I'm here. You will never be alone. I like to say we are not alone because it reminds me of the alien kind of thing, you know. We're not alone. They're out there. Well, as we talked about last week, in Second uh, Chronicles sixteen nine, I think that's what it was. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those whose hearts are completely his, that he may strengthen them. He is like, I'm here, I'm looking at you, I'm watching over you. My eye is like zooming in and out of every detail, every pore on your skin, every cell within your body. If there's sickness or disease in there, he sees it. And he is there to destroy the works of darkness, and to raise up sons and daughters who know how to destroy the works of darkness with him, as co-laborers with Christ.
2: I'm done. Are you sure? Sarah.
1: Oh, <laughs> she might not be able to do this. I may not
2: be. I just feel the Father's heart for you guys and that he's really proud of you and James. <laughs> Our father is so proud of you guys and you're a heart for your children. they you can see that mother's heart with you and he just wants you to know you guys have done an amazing job and he just loves your family.
1: Get out the tissues. <clears throat> oh, I'm just a big softy, man. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, God, why is my heart so hard? But then this kind of thing happens. Oh, I guess it's not. It <clears throat> doesn't take much. We're going to move on to some business this morning, guys. Not that we haven't been doing what he wants to do. It's his business. Um, eight days from today, Tammy and I are going to be hopping on an airplane. And we are going to be flying to Barahona, I don't know if that's how they say it, Barahona, Dominican Republic. Um, If you didn't know that we're doing this, I'll just, I'll go over this quickly. And we have a little video that we're going to show you guys, but um, Isabel will put it up in a second. Um, So eight days we'll be flying to the Dominican Republic. Mike Silva Ministries, and I'll have a link put up here in a minute for you guys too in case you want to track Um, basically what happened, this Mike Silva Ministries, he's an evangelist, he travels the world and does these evangelistic crusades. He has someone on his team in Oregon who knew and knows Galen Gingrich, our apostolic father to our church and relationship to us that's vital and can never stress that enough. He reached out to Galen and said that this Mike Silva wants to put together a healing prayer team to attend one of these festivals so Galen met with Mike Silva they they clicked like long lost brothers they feel like they've known each other all their lives but they've wondered where they're at you know they just like so much alike They even kind of look similar um <clears throat> he spoke at Galen's church they spent time with his team but Galen put together this team so there's 30 of us that are going to go and uh yeah so i want you guys to know what's happening so we're going to show you a little video is that thing ready to to roll just kind of a quick little video clip. Isabel's going to put up a couple slides, too, in just a second. I'm going to read something to you guys about the place that we're going to go to, if that's okay. You guys good with that? Yeah. (laughs) You guys doing all right? You awake? I kind of messed me up just playing that video. I don't know. I'm I'm a mess this morning. So I'm not going to read all of this, but why Barahona? In many parts of the Dominican Republic, people have never heard the gospel message in a clear and compelling way they understand. Barahona, a city of approximately 150,000 people, and the main city of the Barahona province in the south of the nation, just 93 miles from the border of Haiti, is no exception. Due Due to the great migratory flows, the Dominican Republic currently counts with a great variety of creeds, Being a country which allows religious freedom, that's a good thing. The most practiced one is still Catholicism, since more than 50% of the Dominican Republic population practices this faith. It is followed by the Lutherans and the atheists. Furthermore, you can also find religions such as Buddhism, Judaism, and Islam, among many others. Only 9% describe themselves as evangelical Bible believers who follow Orthodox evangelical teachings entangled in a cultural and spiritual in cultural and spiritual superstitions people here have often grown up with a combination of superstitious beliefs and practices mixed with christianity clinging to false and unbiblical ideologies therefore floundering in a sea of religious confusion they are desperately in need of true and accurate gospel witness and presentation extreme poverty alcohol and drug abuse, domestic violence, child abuse. Want to reading yeah, you
2: okay. read. I am so.
4: just
2: so messed <laughs> up this morning. Um, and child sex trafficking permeate this visually beautiful country like a dark, destructive plague. The only hope is Jesus. The only difference is Jesus. The only possible individual and cultural transformation is Jesus. So we are going to be ministering in, um, some leader, pastors conferences. We've, um, got a couple that we'll be doing with Galen. So we'll be ministering to pastors and leaders there. And then from my understanding, we also will get opportunity during the day to, um, possibly go into the different villages. And, um, that's where I'm going to get messed up because of all the little kids. I'm going to want to bring them all home. And, um, (laughs) And then also we're going to be doing our, the Outdoor Crusades, I think, in the evenings. So.
1: Yeah, there's a, Isabel's going to pop a picture of what the, the outdoor festival, I guess this is what it could look like or what it does look like. I don't know if this is in Barahona or if it's another place. It could be a very large gathering like that. I don't know. Hopefully 30 people to pray for the sick is going to be sufficient. Um, let's go ahead and drop down. Just so you have a picture of of the island of that land mass called the Dominican Republic. So there's Haiti and there's the Dominican Republic. And Barahona is right down there on the south end, on the bottom. And then we have a couple pictures of just some of the people. This messed me up the other morning. I'll try not to look at it while I talk. <laughs> it messed me up so much because... <laughs> well, I felt like when... Maybe I can't even talk about this. I felt like when I was looking at the the pictures and reading this that that I heard the Lord speak, his heart, to me. I'm not even going to try to tell you what I feel like he was saying, but I felt like I heard him. Actually, I did hear him clearly tell me what his heart was for these people. So, (laughs) I am a mess. (laughs) Maybe if I laugh a little, that will help break it (laughs) off. We're never going to get anywhere this morning, and you guys are just going to be like, what is wrong with him? (laughs) I swear it's not the Sudafed. Sudafed makes the top of my head tingly, and that's about it. Sometimes, if I take too much. (sighs) He loves these people. These are his inheritance. (laughs) Just like you. Okay, there's a link. Isabel, put that up so I can help myself. So if you want to download the app, there's an app so you can track what's going on throughout the whole festival. They will upload pictures, maybe videos. I'm not sure. If you don't get it written down, you could always take a screenshot if you want, or you can just message us later on and we can get it to you. That's what happened to me. I downloaded the app and I started reading up about it. I've been trying to just not think too much about this this trip up until last week, really, because I just didn't want to be consumed with something that's happening over a month later. So, why a healing team? We're going to be able to get a little bit into some stuff this morning, I think. But why a healing team? Isn't it enough to see people get saved? Wouldn't that be enough? Just preach the gospel message, see them raise their hand, surrender their lives to Christ. Isn't that what the gospel is all about? Just getting them to pray a prayer. What is the gospel all about? What, Why a healing team? What does the word saved even mean? So let's have a little bit of... I keep spitting. Let's have a little bit of fun this morning and just look at some scriptures. This is church. I don't know if you guys remembered that or not, but this is church, so we should read the Bible. Since it's church, we don't want people to think we're heretics or you know some kind of cult or something. So, Isabel, if you would put up that first slide... If you Google the word sozo, S-O-Z-O in, the, in Google, Google the word sozo, maybe add um, Strong's concordance or just strong, Sozo, Strong's and you will see all of the references where the word sozo in the Greek is used in the New Testament. Most of the time it is translated as saved, but we have a few scriptures to look at just as examples. There was probably a list of I didn't write the number down, probably 30 references to the word sozo. Let's go ahead and drop down. So Matthew one twenty one says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. There we go. He will save, rescue his people from his sins. Luke 8.36 says, And those who had, who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed, well that's interesting so a demon possessed man was healed or delivered so the word sozo can mean saved or rescued it can mean healed or delivered or set free and as Mark 6 56 says and wherever he went into the villages, towns or countryside they placed the sick in the marketplaces they begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak and all Sorry, yelled that a little bit. All who touched it were healed. Healing is central to the gospel. So I have a little Randy Clark slide. Why don't we pop that up? We'll just, we're going to keep you busy this morning, Isabel. We're going to try to knock through as much of this as possible. So I, I like what Randy Clark said. He said healing is central, not peripheral, to the gospel. Most of the time... In the church world, we've spent our focus on just getting people into the kingdom, just getting them rescued. We want to see them go from out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And Jesus rescued people constantly, but the the center of what Jesus did, if you, you guys have read your Bible, we all know the gospel is full of Jesus going from town to town, village to village, healing people. Cleansing the lepers, opening the blind eyes, touching a coffin. I think he touched it. I don't think you're supposed to. But touching the coffin and saying to the person in the coffin, get up or wake up. Calling to Lazarus to come out of the tomb. Lazarus, come out. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cleansed lepers of the worst. Leprosy was like the worst disease. We, thank God we have a cure for it today. So he healed all who came to him. So I like to say that Jesus is perfect theology. If we want to get our own personal theology down and know what we should be all about, we just look at Jesus. We don't get our theology for healing and the heart of God from the book of Job. Okay? I'm not saying don't read Job and don't don't pull the treasures out of it, but Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father. He is perfect theology, not Job. Job was a man. Once again, I'll clarify, I'm not discrediting the book of Job. It is a very important book of the Bible. We can learn a lot about it, but there's a lot of information in there that Job was receiving from his counselors that was not accurate. They weren't correctly displaying the heart of God. And even Job, in all of that turmoil, when he saw God, when he got a glimpse of the king of heaven, the the creator of the universe, what did he do? I put my hand over my mouth. (laughs) I placed my hand over my mouth. I am a worm. I am no longer a man. I, I shut up. When we see him face to face, there's nothing we can say. So that was the final result of Job. But anyway, I won't keep trying to justify that. I think you guys know what I mean. Maybe we'll do a little church walk through the book of Job someday. Maybe. Okay. So is it the will of God to heal, Dave? Yes. Yes. I just want to let you guys know, I don't know if that's a struggle for you. And if it, if it is a struggle for, for us to say that as a church, because that is one of our core values of this church, we do believe that it is the will of God to heal people. So when we pray for people to be healed, we don't end our prayer with, if it be thy will, please God, please be merciful. I'm sorry, I've prayed that way. And if one of my children was in the hospital, I might say, God, please be merciful. But I know the will of God is to heal because Jesus on the cross paid for our salvation, which is our forgiveness, our deliverance, and our healing. Healing is central to the gospel message. And it should be One of these things that we sort out and get it, I I understand. I understand why we struggle with it, because we pray for people and they don't get healed. And there's a place for that. We can address that. Probably next week we'll have a part two to this, and we'll talk about, well, what happens, what do we do if someone doesn't get healed? Any time, just grab it. I'm done crying now, so, (laughs) oh boy. I better not say that, I might start crying again. So when we look at Jesus' ministry, what did he do? He healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed the lepers. So let's look at a couple more slides. Luke chapter 7. In that hour, he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits. And on many who were blind, he bestowed sight. And he answered them, Go and tell John, because John the Baptist was questioning, are you sure he's the one? Go ask him, are you the one who was to come, or should we look for someone else? He was in prison. He was in a bad place. This is what Jesus said. Go tell John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have good news preached to them. That is such a powerful scripture. Nowhere in there though do I see Jesus saying that I preached the message of repentance and they got saved on the spot and so now I know they'll be in heaven. I know that is an important part of our message. That is part of the gospel. There's a thousand scriptures in the New Testament that talk about turning to Christ and the veil being removed to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, the authority, the exousia, a royal authority, a crown, to become the sons and daughters of God. So I know we need to receive him. I know we need Jesus to live inside of us because if you don't have the spirit of Christ in you, then you don't belong to Jesus, it says in Romans chapter 8. So I'm not even going to argue with any of that, but is that the only part of our message is to get the get the person to pray the prayer, to make the, you know, the confession, get them to sign the, the certificate that says, you know, I pledge my heart to Jesus. You know, Jesus come into my heart. We are surrounded in this world, in this city, in this region, with broken people all over the place. Most of the time, we allow their brokenness to freak us out and say, I don't know if I could preach the gospel to that that heroin addict, that homeless person. Because what are they going to do? Are they going to come to church? Are they going to get free from the drugs? Can I get them to pray the prayer and then get them healed? What would Jesus do? Not to throw that old WWJD thing out there, but what would Jesus do? Jesus... In his love and his passion and compassion for people, healed them on the spot. He went to the broken. He went to the prostitute. Yeah, he read their mail. That's part of the kingdom manifesting in Jesus' ministry. He preached the, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of heaven. Behold, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's in your midst. It's among you. When Jesus did miracles, he testified that the miracles are evidence that the kingdom of God is being manifested. Let's see here. So that was Luke 7. Let's do a couple more examples of how Jesus healed people. We may not get very much further than this. So when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word, and he, he healed all the sick. So these are some good examples to see how Jesus did this. He drove out evil spirits with a word. He just spoke, and he healed all the sick. The crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. Jesus had power flowing out of his body. Jesus, God who became flesh and dwelt among us, took on the nature of a man and did not consider himself as a man to be equal with God, yet he made himself nothing, taking on the nature of a servant, going to the cross for us. He never ceased being God, but he took on the form of a man. He he was clothed in a human body, and everything he did in this life, on this earth, in life, in his life, he did it, all of the miracles he did it, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit that came and rested upon him at his baptism. He didn't do it out of his own deity. Jesus Christ is God, was with the Father before he became a man, and he went back to be at the Father's right hand in heaven and sent the Holy Spirit. He, he was always God from the beginning, and when he became a man, everything he did, he did it as a man anointed by the Spirit of God. So the power of the Spirit flowed through Jesus. Jesus spent time with the Father, he he was always in prayer. He would go to those lonely places, solitude places, and he would get with the Father. And he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. And then he went, and he, as he heard what God the Father was saying and doing, he released the kingdom. He healed the sick, raised the dead. He set people free. He forgave their sins. That is the best news because that's usually the main issue that we're all dealing with, sin. Let's go to the next one, Isabel. Later on, after John the baptizer was arrested, Jesus went back into the region of Galilee and preached the wonderful gospel of God's kingdom realm. This is the Passion Translation I liked how he worded this. He preached the wonderful gospel of God's kingdom realm. His message was this. At last, the fulfillment of the age has come. It is time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Turn your lives back to God, repent, and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. Mark chapter 1. Luke eleven twenty. 20 but if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons then the kingdom of God has come upon you Jesus operated with the, the presence of the Holy Spirit releasing the kingdom of God what is this kingdom it's healing it is deliverance it is getting saved it's going from darkness to light but that's the message, that is the gospel that Jesus preached. He demonstrated his message everywhere he went by bringing the realm of the Holy Spirit, the realm of the kingdom into the midst of people. Let's go ahead and drop down to uh, Mark 1. and That was Mark 1, Luke 11. Let's look at what, what is the kingdom. I'm not asking you guys to answer that. We're going to let the Bible answer it. So let's go ahead and look at the next one. For the kingdom of God... is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but it is in, so the kingdom of God is in, the realm of the Holy Spirit. And it's filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. Now in the NIV, how I grew up memorizing this, he said, the kingdom of heaven is not about eat and drink, but it is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. Wherever you have the king, there you have the kingdom. Wherever the Holy Spirit comes and manifests himself, there you have the kingdom. If you don't have the presence of God, then all you have is a bunch of rules and doctrines and forms. But when the presence of God comes, with without the king, you don't have the kingdom. But when the king is in our midst, we have the kingdom. Wherever the king is king, there's the kingdom. If you have Jesus living in you, you have the kingdom living at work inside of you. The kingdom of heaven is in you because it's in the Holy Spirit. And just like Jesus released the kingdom, we, as sons and daughters who get revelation of who we actually are in Christ, we have been given authority to demonstrate and release the same kingdom power that Jesus did. So let's look at Mark 16. We're going to do just a couple more scriptures, then we're going to wrap it up. So he said to them, this is Mark, the end of Mark. Some translations, the earliest manuscripts, it says they don't have this portion but it's in the Bible because it was in some of the other ones, so we take it just like every other scripture. He said to them, As you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. Most of the time we just stop with that. That's usually the message. Just go preach the gospel. Jesus died for your sins. Get them saved. Get them into the kingdom. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. I don't want this to be a heavy that we all walk out of here thinking, oh, I don't have these things following me, but I believe. That's why we talk about it in these gatherings. That's why we want to stir one another up and talk about, well, how do we activate a lifestyle of miracles, signs, and wonders. Because it's what you were destined for. It's what God designed you for that you, as His son or His daughter, would demonstrate the kingdom through miracles, signs, and wonders. And it's not limited just to somebody getting healed of something in their body or demons coming off of a person and leaving them and them getting saved. It, it's not limited to just those things we'll get back to a couple examples of just the various things that the manifestation of the kingdom can look like. So these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name with a word, in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. We can talk about that. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. That puts a little bit of a highlight on all of the fear we have about what they spray our food with. I'm not saying we shouldn't be wise. We should eat healthy. We shouldn't just presume that we're gonna be fine. We should take care of our temples. But if we live in fear of the snakes and the poisons, what did Paul do when the snake, the viper jumped out of the, the fire pit latched onto his hand. He shook that sucker right back into the flames. He's just like, that's not my destiny. My destiny, my, my end is not a snake bite. Right. If you have the prophetic promises of God over your life, and even if you don't know what they are, begin declaring the promises of God over your life. You have a long life to live. God's destiny He has a destiny and a will for your life that you would live your full number of days. I'm declaring it now. You shall live your full amount of days. Cancer will not cut you short. Disease will not cut your life short. You will live out your full life. You will live to see your children's children. You will live to see the power of God manifested and the broken healed. And the demonic person set free. Where was I going? Snakes. Snakes. Poison. Yeah. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. (laughs) Thus we are going to go to Barahona. And it does not require special anointed people we are nothing special we are no different than you guys we all have different gifts and callings but we all have the same holy spirit and it's the same holy spirit that releases the kingdom the rule and reign of christ jesus inside of you and wants to release it through you the kingdom of heaven is at hand iron man Stretching out the hand with the light shining out. You kids love superhero movies. Us adults love them too. You have no idea what God can do through you. Imagine going up to a dead person and touching their foot and saying, In the name of Jesus, wake up. And you feel a, like, a, like you're getting shocked for, for a moment. I heard that's what it feels like. I heard. A testimony from someone who's had testimonies of raising the dead. They put their hand on the foot of the person, and they feel an actual jolt, like an electrical jolt. And they've seen people raised. I had a dream once that I went into someone's house, and I knew the lady needed healing. And I told her that God said that he's going to heal your body. And as I put my hand on her, we both was freaked out because we were surprised we were caught off guard by this jolt. And that was all that was in the dream. A couple things that that Tammy and I have experienced and this is what we'll wrap up with. I'm just going to give you guys a couple testimonies. What I want to do is just kind of prime the pump. I want to wet your whistle to go after, go after the things of God breaking through your life. Imagine how open our opportunities would become in our own minds like bill johnson says the only closed heaven that most believers experience is between their ears but if if we get that revelation in our minds of all of the opportunities god could use to bring the kingdom of heaven into another person's life so some examples i had a coworker in tacoma one time i can't even remember his name at the moment but I was walking past his truck and he was finished loading his truck and I knew that he, you know, he sort of was a believer but I had no clue what his current status walking with God was. But I just felt like the heartbeat of God to just to lay my hand on him and just bless him. So I just came up to him and and I was just like, Father, just surround him with your goodness. And he bowed his head instantly and he was like, Oh, I haven't felt that for a long time. I had no idea he would feel something. My niece, Cheryl's daughter, before she gave her life to Jesus, was at our house as a visit before she traveled to another state. She wanted prayer from us. And we were like, yeah. So we prayed for her at the end of a hangout time. We prayed for her. And when we were done praying, she was shaky and sweating. The power of God came upon her. We didn't know that was going to happen. No clue. But we watched her in her car as she was getting ready to leave, looking at her hands. He wants to release his kingdom through you, he wants to use you as his vessel. You are a vessel. And you don't have to have all your stuff perfect. Jesus took care of that for you. He has clothed you in his righteousness. The only thing that gets in the way of your faith, being activated and released in miracles, signs, and wonders, is shame and guilt and hanging on to stuff that Jesus paid for. In my opinion. There might be other stuff, but we just need to get the, the stuff, get the funk off we need to break it off we need to stand up tall in who we are and yeah if you need to get rid of habits and things get intimate with Jesus and talk to him about the rooms inside of your heart the compartments in your mind let him come and bring his light and show you he's so gentle and kind I'm going to cry again one last testimony two I had a co-worker whose wife's name was Annabelle. She spoke little English, very Hispanic speaking. He told me she had an infection in her, her face. Man, we better wrap this up. This will be the last one. She had an infection in her, her face. She'd have to go to ER a lot and get um, antibiotics. She, the sinus thing was always um, getting infected. We finally got them over to our house, and we, we wanted to pray for her. That was our goal was to get our hands on her I wanna stir you guys up. Just stir up this passion to get your hands. You have anointed hands. You have the fire of heaven on your skin, in your hands. So we got Annabelle and Ricardo over to our house. We had lunch. We watched her suffer as she took bites of a brat trying to chew it. And we were like, okay, this is enough. We were done eating. We need to get praying for this lady. We went into the living room. Tammy did all the hands-on. I don't know if I touched her or not. But we began to declare healing. And then we blasted her with a prayer. I don't even remember what we prayed. But we just gave it a blast, not a long prayer. Then we asked her to check it out. How do you feel? And through her broken English, she had actually Ricardo tell us, she felt like her lip pulled out, like it went... And it went numb now I don't know if there are anesthesia angels but maybe there was a little angel kind of like Tinkerbell just kind (laughs) of pull that lip out something happened and the pain was gone so I said can we pray again and we blasted her again we actually had their 16 year old son get in and I wanted him to I wanted to activate him because these young people have no junior Holy Spirit and they need to know they have the power of God to release too the adults don't get to have all the fun well except for when you're 21 but anyway we'll we'll talk about that and when you're married when you're married anyway after we prayed for her that second time we asked her how she felt then she said she felt like she was being lifted off the ground she was having an encounter with the presence of god there could have been angels in the room, why God uses angels, I don't know, but he does. So we can't ignore them. It's foolish to worship angels, Bill Johnson says. It's foolish to worship an angel, but it's equally foolish to ignore them. They are sent to help us. Some people can see that stuff. Some people, they can see in the spirit, and they can see it. There's a healing angel flying over in this corner of the auditorium. I don't know. I don't know how they see that stuff. But hey, if it activates their faith... and the miracles start to happen maybe they're seeing it correct I don't know miracles, signs and wonders, we owe the world an encounter with heaven why don't you guys stand up you want to add anything? so let's do this as we close in prayer let's just do a little activation so Tammy and I have received impartation over the years, prayer from different people, people that walk in healing in signs and wonders. Um, We purposely went to Reading in January and received impartation prayer from Bill Johnson and Randy Clark, as well as a 1,000 other people. It looked like a war zone, bodies laying all over the auditorium. It's a couple thousand people, people laying all over the aisles. It was wild. A lot of strange noises coming out of people, too fun it's a lot of fun church should be fun but we have the opportunity all of us have the opportunity to receive impartation you can get it through the laying on of hands you can just get it by going after god so let's close let's pray and once you put your hands out in front of you so father we love you and we thank you for jesus christ our king we love you king jesus And we thank you that you paid the highest price to rescue us. You are our great rescuer. You are our king, our Lord, our master, and you're our big brother. And you're not ashamed, according to the book of Hebrews chapter 2, you're not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. Jesus, we marvel at who you are. We thank you that you have invited us into your ministry, that this calling is for all of us, not just a few in the church. We thank you, Jesus, that you have given us, that you have poured out the Holy Spirit and that you release your presence, you release and impart more of your presence as we need and as we call out. So this morning we just say more, Lord. We just say, fill our hands with the fire of heaven. Let that healing anointing of the kingdom of heaven come and be manifested in and through our physical bodies and through our minds and our spirits, our entire being of who we are. We set ourselves apart to you. We offer all that we are to you to be used by you as instruments of righteousness, instruments that take broken and wrong things and we make them right. We pray the broken and we pray it right. We, we take the sick and we release kingdom health into their bodies. We take the hopeless and the, the broken hearted and we declare the king of hope is with you and the king of life is surrounding you right now. We thank you, Jesus, that you would You would grace each one of us in this room in a way to be used by you. That we could be your vessels. That it is no longer I who live. It is no longer we who live, but Christ Jesus who lives in me and through me. So Jesus, just put your hand on your heart. Jesus, we just say, have our heart, have the core of who we are, have the center of my being and make it your throne. Come and rule and reign. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in this, in this earth right here, this earthen vessel, just as it is in heaven. And stir a hunger in every one of us to go after all that you paid for on the cross that we would see the lamb of God get the full reward of his suffering in Jesus name amen amen sorry we went a little long guys if you need prayer for healing or if you want impartation prayer freely you've received freely give there are certain things each one of us carry And you have the grace to give it away. So if you want prayer, come up in the front. We'll take some time. We'll put some party music on. Eat up the, the pastries. Fellowship, if you can. Hang out for a while. And other than that, we just bless everyone in the name of the Lord. Did you have something to come up with? Or is it just prayer? Okay. All right. We are done. And I'm done crying.